0: This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 5 of On Another Track Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson exploring people and places from around the world a podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go Pence stays campaigning in the US 2020 elections despite his aide's COVID-positive diagnosis. Venezuela's opposition figure secretly flees the country. And Britain and Japan signs UK's first big post-Brexit trade deal. That's the news that tries to keep us up at night, This Week in the World. On another track is talking to people that we can't meet with face-to-face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. chief executive officer is higher up than general manager. You're the big bird on the top branch, yeah? You're top of the pecking order. Engelhardt.
1: Yesterday, he became 60 years. He cannot make a big celebration because of COVID. (laughs) Unfortunately, because his parties are really good.
0: That's the voice of Mero Lippold, chief executive officer of the tech company DataClack based in central Germany. Mario's rubbed shoulders with some of the biggest names in European business, including Dr. Tobias Engelhardt, investor in Turtle Entertainment, the biggest electronic sports league platform in the world. Mario has a great sense of humour and a passion for solving insurmountable problems. If he can't do it himself, then you find somebody else that can. I started by asking Mario all about Kirpin, where Data Collect was based.
1: Oh, Kirpin has a very famous son, because Michael Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, Michael Schumacher in German, he is born in Kirpin, and uh, I think part of his family still live here. It takes 20 minutes to the Cathedral of Cologne. So, uh,
0: but originally, uh, and I know this is pretty interesting for the listeners, you didn't come from Kirpin originally. Where is your background from?
1: Uh, My background is in a country who's not existing. Because I was born in the former G- GDR, so and as I was fourteen years, then uh, the turnaround in uh, Germany came. So the re- reunion of the both parts. So I, I know both systems.
0: You, you prefer this to East Germany's system. East yeah. German system was very difficult. Tell me about where, where you were actually born in East Germany, if you don't mind me asking. So where were you brought up?
1: Probably you don't know this. It's called Zul. It's a very small town. I think around thirty-five thousand citizens it's located in the mountains in the Turinia wood it's maybe the half distance between Berlin and Munich they have a lot of uh, engineering companies one of them I I started also my, my career the time after 1989 this was a lot of changes especially for the people in East Germany. I was lucky because I was very young on this time. So I had, I left Zool. I, I go to Aschaffenburg that's close to Frankfurt. Then I spent time in Taiwan. I was in England. I was also in Australia for and now I'm only coming back to Zool for, for vacation because it's it's a skiing area. It's not that My my parents has a small house there, so I use it with my family for, for the weekends.
0: So of interest then where did you go to study and what did you study? Uh, I assume you went to university and uh, did a, a degree of some sort. Is that correct? In, in Germany, we have the
1: trainee, so that means you start at a company as a trainee that takes three years. I started as a wholesaler for plumbing equipment, so tubes and glue, and I start my career. And the, most of my friends are they attend the university. And I said, okay, after I finished the trainee, and then I have to go to the army. And <clears throat> this was not so successful. I was not one of the, <laughs> the best performer in the German army. They They put me in your office and in the German army on this time, you had a lot of time. It was peaceful times. So we we had not a lot really to do. And then they have a special offer that you can start by supporting from the army university. And then I attend the University of Applied Science in Hamburg.
0: Ah.
1: Yeah. And that's how I get my degree in engineering, business engineering. So, and then I'm coming back to the wholesaler and say, oh, you're an engineer. Because in Germany, if you're an engineer, normally you go in... A huge automotive company, and then in, in this company in the by wholesale they say, hey, you are engineer. That's good. That's for us. It's very really hard to find engineers or new new people. And then they decided to make me to the product managers.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was an interesting time. Thirty years, I become general manager from this company, and then the owners yeah. decided to uh, change the management. So I'm I'm becoming a general manager of uh, one of the largest wholesaler companies for. Uh, plant equipment uh, in Germany. And this I did for several years. As I become 32, I was in Berlin. I was in a pub or in a restaurant in the evening. And I met Dr. Engelhardt. And this is now my partner. He has a lot of very successful companies. He was also, I think, businessman of the year in, in Germany, 2017 or sixteen. And he, he has a business model that by companies, but he even tried to engage that the management get also shares. And then he said, hey, Mario, you have to become um, an entrepreneur, is this correct?
0: An entrepreneur, absolutely, yeah. In Zool,
1: this was a, a company who develops fans for vacuum cleaners and for the car industry. And I thought, what you can do with such a product? And I thought, okay, make an engine on that, and then you have a blower. I decided, okay... I hire some guys from the university and I will develop the motors by myself. And this was Switch Reluctant motor. You know them from Dyson.
0: It's so funny you talk about the small town in Eastern Germany where you're from. And I'm from a small town in UK, UK uh, called Mansbury, which is where Dyson's from.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. That's... You, you, met, you, met, you met Mr. Dyson? Well, I, <laughs> um, I, I didn't
0: uh, actually meet him, but he was a great personality in the area. And I know the, the actual town that we lived in was literally about 10 kilometers from Malmesbury. And I used to work in Malmesbury many, many years ago for a, a company called Listen Technologies, which was part of Bell uh, Technologies way back in the 1990s. So, yeah, he, he started his fledgling business, I think. I remember him on a program called Tomorrow's World, which was on the BBC, and he had his first vacuum cleaner that he was showing, and it was bright pink. And I can remember it to this bright, day. really? Bright pink, yeah, in color. And yeah, so what's really interesting is it's amazing where entrepreneurs come from. You came from a small town in eastern Germany and he came from a small town in southern England. And and it's incredible now how these 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 companies have grown and how people have diversified. So tell me about the doctor that you met. And I didn't quite catch his name, the, the, the entrepreneur who was talking to you about you sort of maybe investing in a business. What do you know about him and, and can you repeat his name for the listeners so they know who that was his name is
1: he's a doctor in business um, and his name is Tobias Engelhardt. His career start because as the companies in East Germany they was owned by the by the government and the government liked to make them private and for that they founded a company who sell the Eastern companies to anyone Opel was sold to to, to and become Opel was sold to General Motors and there's a lot of story of it. and he was come fresh from the university and after three or four years uh, he had a lot of companies in his portfolio. This is the story. So I know the, the story or the business for what he becomes the businessman of the year in Germany. He was the startup investor from Turtle Entertainment and Turtle Entertainment. This is the e-sports league in in Europe. He is investing in different fields. He has a little bit software, but also uh, hardware. He has a very interesting company who's called Copaltech. They are making liquids that the heating from the electronic. So also data collect use it sometimes. From heating to the electronic goes very fast on the housing, and this technique is now in the newest electronic car from Porsche.
0: Yeah, so so the, they they cool the electronics is very important in electric cars. They cool
1: the electronics, yeah, so that uh, they can have a very high performance, and of course they are also used in vacuum cleaners.
0: So staying with the induction motors, um, I know you did a bit of work for the medical side of things and also I think for the military with the MBC, which is the Nuclear Biological and Chemical Protection. But your biggest break, I think, came with Airbus. Is that right?
1: And Airbus asked us to develop uh, uh, blowers for, for the ovens. In the, if, you, if you get the heat meal, probably there is a, in, in the Airbus, probably there's a product from, from Actiro, inside. Actiro was the name of the company. And the lot size was increasing and then we get a lot of quality problems and if you as supplier by airbus has quality problems this is this is tough and i i met a lot of guys from that and then we decided to 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 sell the company to a bigger blow company because they were very interesting in the technology which we had in the customers and then i make my next step with two mates from the university we started from zero to hero and we repair the electronic components for, for CNC machining that's for all huge companies like Daimler. If a board was broken or something, we, we, they don't have to buy it new. So we repaired it. It was a nice business. And now this company has over 30 employees.
0: So tell us how you managed to come to DataCollect after that.
1: The story how I came to DataCollect and with the money, what we get for Arctiro, my partner uh, Tobias Engelhardt asked me, and hey, we have to do something with the money. So he even say if you have no money, it's a problem. If you have money, it's also a problem.
0: So I wanted to just ask you a couple of questions about being an entrepreneur, because like you said, you were in a very safe job in a plumbing company, making loos or water closets, as we call it in the UK, <laughs> or toilets um, and plumbing items. And then what you did was you took that leap of faith from being an employee and a general manager, you know, in a good position, probably reasonable pay, yeah. very secure. What made you? And I'd love you to tell your listeners what made you take the leap of faith to go through the the dark tunnel of not knowing what's on the other <laughs> side. Tell me what oh. that yeah. Tell me what that felt like, and what gave you the confidence to do it. To be honest, so really confidence, I didn't
1: I didn't have on this time. I, I think the reason was I was young. I was not afraid. I have nothing to lose. The money what I invest was also not so much. I think ten thousand euros or something like that. Yeah, it was okay. And it was, um, yeah, if you're looking back, it was the right decision.
0: Well, yeah. And I wanted to talk again about what it's like to start a business and to go in as an investor, because uh, did you find that, you know, uh, you had to be actively involved? Was that the important part of it? You know, how did you think about the scenarios you were in and? Did your engineering experience kick in really well and help you in figuring out different problems and scenarios? I mean, the one that you talk about was the the Airbus situation, which was really interesting. Fantastic big company. You managed to get a product in, which is always the hardest thing to do. But then you had the problems. So how did you deal with the problems? Were they they pretty tough to deal with, with reliability and things like that?
1: What I used to do is pick up people who have some knowledge, that thing on the situation with Airbus. I come in touch with a lot of people who I thought that they can help me, but this was so complex uh, from from the technical aspect, the mounting and something of the components, that I not really find in short time a good solution for us. So the the good solution was to go to a bigger company who has experience in this uh, lot size to manufacture that because they are know how to deal with with, with this problem but normally if I faced with problems I learned to look for people who can help me you're from UK you know global uh, um, uh, you know from FT Liverpool and I even look on such persons it takes times if the shareholder are not give you the time as, as manager then it's that's a, a problem but if you get the time and they they trust on you then you can build up over two or three years a team, which is very good working together as a team. And each of this team is a specialist in something. And this is that mainly what I try to do.
0: That That's really interesting, actually, because that's the real basis for an excellent business, isn't it? You know, that, that sort of trust in people have got the experience, you're bringing on that experience and they're playing to their strengths. But what I liked what you said, and here's the really important thing is, you know, when a situation is not right, you figured that out as a businessman and you needed somebody else, another partner, or to move the problem to somebody else who could really deal with it. And that for me was, that's a very important uh, point that you made in business is that sometimes when you see the obvious in front of you, don't carry on through as if you can still solve the problem. Yeah. Get get to a point and say, admit, okay, this is too big for us. So we need to move this off somewhere else. And You took that. That was a pretty major decision. So that was interesting that you had the 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 experience, I suppose, to make that decision.
1: Yeah, it's not so the experience. What I also even would do with a partner. So I think as entrepreneur in this time it's really hard. You have the financial aspects. You have to talk to the bank. You have sales. You have development. You have production. Something, and this time you cannot be good in all departments. On a very high level and for that it's good to to have a mix so especially the, the the leader of the department they must be good in the job they must have a high knowledge what's happened there and what i really often do with Tobias, we're talking about it and he is of course because he is entered in a, or involved in a lot of other companies you get ideas from they say oh in this company we do it on this way i even try to compare business affairs with, with sport because in sport you can find anything again and he even say like a Bob Slyzer. One, he has to bring the power. He has to run. And another one, who has to drive. And the last one, sometimes he has to take a break. Because if you are too fast, you get out of the curve. And if you have a team or people, you work with them, and each of them has one of this of the skills, then it works very well. That's, that's my, my
0: experience. At this stage, I wanted to ask Mario about his involvement with Dataclap, the tech company, who designed the Smiley Speed safety sign. We also talked about not just having a partner beside you in business, but also a partner behind you in your personal life. I want to maybe fast forward now, because we've got your kind of background and how you built your engineering experience up and how you became an entrepreneur. And then you managed to convert that into a number of businesses. And that then led you to Data Collect. And so when did you come to Data Collect? And what interested you about the company Data Collect?
1: Yeah, on this time I, t- I told you we have a little bit money, and then we have to invest, and then yeah, we had different pro- projects in Germany. We have the problem that a lot of small companies, like data collect, the entrepreneurs becoming older, they think about retiring, and then there are no there who who's taking the business again, and we had I think four or five. Projects or companies, we make it due diligence. Then I talk with my wife about that. You know, Data Collect is the inventor of the speed displays with with the Smiley. And my wife knows this product because it's very common in in Germany. And they say, you can enter in this company. And on this time, my my daughter was born. I said, you have to do that. that, And you have to provide them that we have much more speed displays in Germany because... They are uh, taking care of, about the kids, and this was the decision. I
0: love it. I love it. But you know, that's a really important point you make: is that many times, really in business, you have to have a good partner. Now, the good partner can be a business partner, but it also has to be on your personal life as well. If you've got the backing of your your wife or your husband or whoever you're with, that's so important.
1: Yeah, I don't know. In, in Germany, you know, we have we have a Sprichwort in German. Sprichwort, not so. That's phrases. And they say behind even strong men stay a much stronger
0: wife. Your wife sort of said, "Yeah, these speed signs are outside schools. They're saving our children. They're slowing people down." Uh, that probably wasn't just the only motivation that helped you make the decision. But what were the other things about Data Collect that appealed to you?
1: Yeah, of course, it was. It's a, it's a company who's established, I think, twenty years ago. So we have a very strong market position. So that means the risk for invest, investment is not as high if you invest in a startup or something like that i think my my first day here as i come the colleagues organize a breakfast so i feel really warmly welcome this makes the decision to invest in this company very easy i really must say is so far is really my my best investment
0: how would you gauge that being your best investment what are the reference points which makes you feel that
1: I have no problems to get up in the morning. i am here since four years, and I cannot remember one day that, that I was not lucky to to be here. Second thing, we are close to Cologne, but the people here in Cologne, they are special mentality. You know, they have carnival. they really friendly. They like to drink Kölsch, so that's a kind of beer. It's really, really nice not only to work here in Cologne, it's also nice to live
0: here. That's really wonderful to hear. But what I loved about it and what I did pick up uh, from what you just said here, and I can relate to this as well, doing the job I do with podcasts especially, is that I really enjoy the fact that I'm going to talk to somebody, somebody in business, somebody new. I'm going to hear that story. And that gets me out of the bed in, in the morning. I totally relate to what you say. I have an enthusiasm because I'm really looking forward to speaking to somebody and learning something new. And so uh, that's a that's a basic part of business, isn't it? It must make up at least 50% of what you do in business.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 44 years old. So I plan to do this for a longer time. And my dad, even as I start my career, he say, if you don't enjoy that, what you do, then you are not good at that.
0: Well, listen, we've talked a lot about the background and I love the fact that you gave us the business sort of uh, what underlines you know, that foundation that's pushed you up to become an entrepreneur. I'd love to talk a little bit about data now, you now, in terms of where they are in the market and what they do. Because a lot of listeners won't understand uh, kind of what goes on behind the scenes with data collection and traffic surveys which are so important and they kind of dictate a lot of what's going to happen the next 10 or 20 years in terms of major projects in terms of roads oh, and highways
1: but i don't like to tell you all secrets what we have <laughs> no no
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, and i understand that but i would love to maybe sort of say you know where did data collect really get started the founder of
1: this company christoph he He was a dealer from traffic monitoring and traffic safety products, and on this time, this speed science came up, and then he tried to to sell them, and they only show the speed. And then the customer say, "For what is this good for? If I like to know my speed, I'm looking in, in my car." And then his idea came up to install this smiley because it's unique. You get a laughing face, then it's clear you do something right. If not, then you are too fast. And then he go to this company where uh, he tried to to sell the speed display and ask them to to change that, so so to make a new product with them. And then they say, "No, they're selling so bad." that they don't like to do that. And the mess thing was that he shared his idea. And that's the reason why Data Collect not owns the patent, only the brand, because he shared the idea before. But he was so convinced from his idea then he looked for someone who, who built him this device. And this was a success. And in Europe, the smiley display is state of the
0: art. So for the listeners, just to clarify, so what happens is, uh, you know, when you, you when you kind of go at the right speed, the display will tell you the speed. So maybe you're in a school zone, for instance. We know yeah. here in North America, for instance, in Canada, it's thirty. 30- kilometers an hour, you get a smiley face. If as long as you're below that speed limit or you hit thirty, you know, thumbs up and it comes up with a kind of green smiley face yeah that's the idea yeah and so what happens if you hit the speed limit and go 31 or 32 what happens then yeah then you get the front face. the kids who say hey dad you, you got to the frowny face today you went too fast in the school zone yeah that's, that's what
1: i often listen from from customers that the social behavior so that the people especially in, the, in schools or kindergartens the other people who's staying on the pathway they look at the display they look at the car and they know oh Mr. Müller, he is too fast. And this social pressure, how to say, that educate people.
0: It does educate, yeah.
1: You know, we are in Germany and we love to drive fast. Uh, overspeeding is a serious thing. And with the speed display, we have a lot of surveys. They decrease the numbers of accidents over 50%. And what's then happened is that the, the customers, mainly municipalities, towns or counties, they say, oh, we need a lot more traffic data. And then uh, Data Collect was the first to develop this non improved radar detector. So that's who's collecting the length of the vehicle and the speed and counting. We are in the next step. We are um, bringing in the market uh, that's called Argos. That's a system who's based on artificial intelligence. Was correct, David? Yeah.
0: Artificial intelligence. Yeah.
1: The, the opportunities with this device that's you can have speed, you have different classes, you can have intersection, you have can roundabouts, you can have
0: multi-lane. Yeah, we, we are really exciting about the future. Okay, so I wanted to just move on briefly because again, what I always like to do with the podcast is leave people with some inspiration and things that they can key into. Certainly in business as well and in personal life. From your perspective, and, and we're talking about business here, what's been some of the things that have inspired you in business? You know, has it been a particular person? You know, a, a worldwide uh, you know you know phenomena. What has it that's really kind of inspired you in business? What things have you keyed into in the last four years, for instance, being at Data Collect? Of
1: course, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of people. I'm, I'm really happy Data collectors is working from Australia to North America. If I'm really looking back, who inspired me mostly, I, I must say, if I have tough days, then I remember my old shareholder, Ben Willem Hockermeyer, and he is an entrepreneur from the, from the old school. He's now, I think, over 80 years. And he's also the founder of Landmann Grill. Landmann Grill is a huge brand for barbecue and grill.
0: I do. I do know them. Yeah, they're very famous. So,
1: and in the early 60s with other wholesalers and the wholesalers, they give him cash money with in the early 60s and say, you, you go there and you purchase a lot of this shower petition and we'll sell it in Germany. And he went to US and he, he said that the people make barbecue and grill. And then he don't buy shower petitions, He buy a lot of grills. I think over 10,000. And he comes back and his partner says, hey, where are the shower petitions? And he said, no, I have a much better business idea. In the US, they all make barbecues and I buy 10,000 grills. And his partners was so disappointed. And he uh, charged him for a court. They like to get his money back. He has to change his financial year so that the bank don't cut uh, the credits. And he was nearly bankrupt. Yeah, He was totally down. And then his best salesman was, his last name was Landmann. and this is the name why, why the company calls Landmann. And then he asked me, he said, you are the, my best sales guy. I will give you shares, but you must help me. We have to sell this grills. He take a car or tray, I don't know what, what he did. And he go through Germany and he start to sell the grills. And he was lucky, he sell the grills. And then he went back to US and tried to purchase new grills. But on this time, the grill market was sold out in the U.S. And then he made the first German, chinese German venture. So he found the first steel company in, in China in the 60s and produced there the, f- the first linebacker. And what I learned from that is that if you convince convinced from something, then you have to go through on and on. And you, in the end, you will be successful. He has to buy shower potation and he came back with grills. And now... I think in, in Europe, they're a market leader.
0: Just shows you, but those are the great little stories that really inspire people to say, follow your heart, follow your idea, but follow through. That's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. And especially if you have pressure from the bank. Yeah, well, of course. And, and, and well, cash flows is, is pretty tough, but that's, that leads us on to a really interesting point. And, you know, during the COVID-19 challenge that we've been in this year, um, how has how business reacted in Germany? You know, maybe, you know, from your personal point of view, how have you kept things going? What are the techniques that you use? What's important in business, do you think, to keep in contact with clients and to keep business going? What would you feel?
1: The last years we were very successful. COVID in March, this was, for us, was a shock. What, what we decided, and that I get the experience in the financial crisis before, we not stop development, we increase the budgets. Fortunately, we had a little bit reserve to take part of this business. And after the crisis, there will be a demand, demand for good solutions. And if you have good, new, reliable products, then I think you will also take part of this business.
0: Like you say, it is keying into having reserves. You know, in business, it, from your experience, you have to build up those reserves and keep them safe because you don't know when you're going to have a, a rainy day, a dark day, you know
1: yeah that's part I would say of, of German personality. Um, on, on the one hand we are looking on engineering sometimes we are also like complicated things and mainly in Germany that's 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 part of our mentality my grandmother even say you need to have some money in your socks so uh, <laughs> under your pillow for for the, for the bad times. so that's uh, that's what German usually do.
0: I'd like to maybe leave any great sales or business advice to anybody who's either thinking of starting a business as an entrepreneur, currently in the middle of a business or really struggling in business. Would there be any particular advice you would give them at the moment?
1: No, I would say that, that's what I said before. If, if you're convinced on something, do it. Especially if, you, if, if, if you're young and you have, don't lose anything. I would say till 35 all mistakes you do, the life will excuse that. After 35, maybe if you have family or something, then then becomes uh, different. But if you're under that and you have an idea, try it. If not, you learn a lot and put the right people together, find partners. So that's what I do, would do. So never alone, even with, with partners, start and run. Fantastic, great advice. In German, we say, es gibt nichts Gutes, außer man tut es. This means... Uh, the best thing is to do it.
0: That's right. And, and and that's a little bit like turning up each day at work, isn't it? You know, like writing a book. The only way you write a book is by sitting down at that table every morning and saying, OK, I'm going to put something onto paper. You know, I'm going to write yeah. something. Because the moment you start, that's the hardest bit, isn't it? Correct?
1: Yeah, I, I got this experience by my degree on the university. Oh, that takes long, the first sentence. <laughs>
0: Well, that's when you finally realize that are you cut out for university life? Can you really apply yourself? Because it's great having the idea, but it's the application, isn't it? To actually get the ball rolling, you know, and to get the momentum. Yeah. And and you have to, we well, have to turn up every day for that. You you can't have a day off. You, know, you can have a day off at the weekend and relax. No,
1: I, I don't know, uh, but sometimes, it's, especially we are working in a very interesting business field, infrastructure or something. Also on the weekend, I'm 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 driving. Maybe come back from from Croatia, and then I also see some solution what they have. And I say, okay, maybe it's something for our market or what. That, that's good, but that's not good enough. How I can do that, but better?
0: Okay. And so here's the thing, though. It, how does your wife cope with that? Your best backer of all time, the persons behind you. Yeah,
1: you, you will you will laugh. My wife even advised me if the if she sees something, you know, I, I'm sometimes using WhatsApp and then if she's anywhere, she makes pictures and say, Mario, you have to develop a better solution for this and this problem because maybe the, 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 the cycles way not protected in the right way so the cars are Uh, going too close to the bike. Yeah, my wife is telling me what data collect has to develop.
0: (laughs) So she's going to become your business development manager by the sound of things, yeah? Yeah, maybe product manager. (laughs) I've got one final question before we wrap things up, and I just want to ask you, this is a purely kind of of out-of-the-blue question. If you were 18 again, what would you tell yourself now that you have all this life experience behind you?
1: I would say maybe to become a little bit earlier entrepreneur because I I like to do that. But on the other hand, I told you, I don't know if my life would be the same if I would not have this this background, this history. To be honest, less parties, less girls, less alcohols. <laughs> 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 but I, but I'm thinking twice. No, they're not. This was also... Every period was good, so now I'm I'm really fine with them. What I have done, and uh, I'm 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 really appreciate to to for the future.
0: Perfect. Well, you can't say better than that. You lived your life, you lived it the way you did, and you yeah. know you've become um, you know the CEO of a very successful company called DataCollect, uh, based in Kirpen in Germany, which is phenomenal. And I want to thank you very much for sharing your business insights. It's been a very interesting conversation. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best of luck in, uh, in the future. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to On Another Track with David Wilson. My guest today was Mario Lippolt, CEO of DataClect GmbH. The traffic monitoring company with the smiley face. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in the series. Just look out for On Another Track with David Wilson on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated, keeping us safe on the roads of North America.